welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. Sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the... This is a pretty corner booth, isn't it, Tom Dorian? Beautiful. My buddy, my pal. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. cool? It is pretty cool. It's beautiful. It is beautiful in its own special Naugahyde way. Red, it's white. Yeah. And I feel like we're in an old restaurant, 1950s restaurant. It's like stepping back in time. You can see pictures if you go to our website, thecatholiccafe.com, our newly redesigned well played. Website. That was very well played. Looks you good. slid that right in there, man. No one even knows I did that. I know. Marketing genius. You are a pro. There you go. And so, except I'm not getting paid. That's a whole other issue. It's just, you know, I'm still an amateur. <laughs> we're not going there today. No, we're not. Not but, this minute. But we have some good stuff to talk about today. It's all good. Right. So I was uh, reading. Isn't it nice always to read the readings before you go to Mass? It really is. You know, sometimes I read them, and uh, sometimes I'm pressed for time, and I have to kind of think, like, I know in my... We'll say my line of work, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I have to uh, read a lot. You right. know, I do that as a deacon. And so I, 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 but I try to meditate, to look at the readings, kind of like what, what is, and that helps mass experience. We've done the top 10 things yeah. to get more out of mass. Exactly. You read those readings, it's amazing. Like, honey, I know what this reading is. Yeah. I know where he's going with this now. And I know yeah. what that's, and it just helps you to be involved more. It does indeed. So I wanted to read the readings for the upcoming week and. Um, even if you listen to this another time, uh, it's Matthew chapter 20, mm-hmm. verses 1 through 16. This is the, the workers in the vineyard, and we've all heard that story. Yep. And so it, I'm going to read it, uh, and then we're going to talk about it. Okay. Right? I think that's going to be kind of fun. Can't wait. Know. We'll see. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. Of course, we know this is Jesus talking. Yes. And so when you hear it at Mass, it's not going to get interrupted like I always interrupt. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers in his, for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you two go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, he found others standing around, and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, because no one has hired us which is an interesting answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is why we're here. <laughs> well, uh, so he said to them, you two go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual daily wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first, and the first will be last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we, we've, we've all heard that many times. We have. Right? And, and I just, it's like, well, what is the point of this? And, and what are the things that we talk about? And I, I think in our show, there's two big main points I want to say. All right. But I'm not going to tell them to you yet. 
Dang. Well, we'll start with the first one, right? <laughs> and, 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 and the the first one is it's. I'm so confused. It's okay. That's what you're supposed to be. <laughs> it's okay, Tom. Okay, keep going. So, so it's like the the first main point is like we're talking about this thing about going out in the daytime and, right. and the different ports of the day and getting people yeah. and getting laborers for the for the vineyard. Got right. It. Mm-hmm. And so it's like. I wasn't surprised by the early morning, the 9 a.m., and maybe even the noon. Mm-hmm. But I was a little surprised with the, you know, about an hour before dark. Yep. There's still some guys out there late in the afternoon. Stand around. Right. And so, and he still hired them. Mm-hmm. So, but, but at any point, it's like, what then becomes the point of this parable? Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to take away from it? And, and I think sometimes it's a little more complex than we might think. Okay. So the first thing we look at, I think, is that it's not too late. Right. Right. So, so it's not too late uh, to, um, you Salvation. know, if, yeah, yeah, if, you, if you're going to be saved if you're, or work in the vineyard, mm-hmm. whether you come in in the beginning, 8 a.m., or whether you come in at the end, right? Right. 430, dusk. you know, dusk, whatever, you still receive the same reward. So, in our right. faith, like when we come to faith, there are those of us who, who come into the faith early in life, mm-hmm. right? And there are some that come in late in life. Yep. And either way, you get the same reward in the, in the sense that you go to heaven. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And we can talk about whether you sit on a really a nicer, cushier seat in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right? And then we can discuss that another time. But the reality is to be in eternal bliss is to be in eternal bliss. Right. Right? So if you come in early in the faith and you're a Christian, right, you, you're, you're going to go to heaven. I mean, right. that's the whole plan. That's the whole that's right. purpose. Right? And then if you come in late, even at the last minute... Right, you've heard of the expression "deathbed confessions." Yeah, sounds like a sounds like a dime store novel, doesn't it? It does. Deathbed confessions, <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, you know, and, th- and this is an interesting concept. And, and like one of the famous, most famous. I mean, your hero, one of your heroes. Mm-hmm. Who is it? You, you've got uh, this guy you're always talking about. He's in oh, almost every be, western. Got to be John Wayne. Yeah, it's John Wayne. Oh man. We're going to talk about him, too. Well, we have to talk about him. What a show. Well, first of all, like... This could be the best show of all time. First of all, his name is Marion. Oh, I know. You know? Yeah. I mean, that really would not have gone over well, would it? And, no. You know? No. All right, they call me Marion. <laughs> There'd be snick, snicker, snicker. <laughs> then you'd see, like, pistols come out. Next thing you know... It'd be over. The snickerer is dead. Yeah, that's right. Uh, or he's been thrown across the bar and hits the wall, yeah. you know, and knocks down the picture of the half-naked lady, you know. So that would be bad. But John Wayne is like one of the most famous, I think, deathbed conversions. And I was recently reading his that's right his story. Uh, I think there was an article on Our Sunday Visitor mm-hmm. that I happened to pick up and read. And, uh, you know, the guy lived a kind of a rough life. He did. Uh, he had been married multiple times. Mm-hmm. Right? He was a pretty uh, routine drinker, we'll say. Yep. I could hold my liquor, you know, whatever. And it's like, maybe not. I don't know. But, 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 you, but you did a lot of drinking, right? So it's a, right. kind of a hard-living guy. But interestingly, I found out from reading that article that all of his wives had been raised Catholic. Now, I'm not saying everyone's the ideal and best Catholic. Yeah. And interestingly, all seven of his children from the various wives were all Catholic. Were raised Catholic. Yeah. And then... Uh, and he didn't attend church regularly. I think he was. I think the article said he was born a Presbyterian, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a good Presbyterian. Right. Right. He wasn't really a good anything other than an actor. He's great actor, great, great. guy, great American. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and honestly, it really wasn't until 
uh, he started experiencing the the problems later in life. He had lung cancer. Mm-hmm. He had stomach. He died of stomach cancer. Right. And he had just watched his friend John Ford, the great director, the yeah. auteur director, did all those great westerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had just died recently before him. Right. Uh, with stomach cancer, tragic. Yeah, kind of situation, and uh, and friends and and family will say it, it caused him to think and to, and often these times cause us to think about eternity. Yeah, right. We can have one idea when we're totally fit and we got all the money in the bank and we're like everything's good and everybody's happy and sure. we're sitting there with a nice steak in front of us and a glass of wine and it's like everything's good. Sure, but when we're in the throes of some kind of tragedy, it's a different thing. It causes us to think about eternity. Mm-hmm. And this is what happened. And one of his uh, kids, I think his son Patrick, you know, as he's literally on his deathbed, he's literally, uh, this is the day he died. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the day before he died, his son Patrick said, hey, Dad, should we call a priest? Mm-hmm. And his, he just famously said something like, probably a good thing. And that, wow. that, was his, that was his commitment. Yeah. But, then, but then he was, uh, he was baptized. Now, I guess the article says it was probably conditionally baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, because he he was a Christian, and so I imagine as a Presbyterian, maybe he had been baptized, but we don't know. Right. So he was conditionally baptized, and he was welcomed into the church, and so he died a Catholic. Awesome. Deathbed conversion. So he would have been one of those guys at the end of the day. Collecting that, a full day's wage. Right, that the landowner says, come on in. You know, there you go. Come with me and go out in the field. Only the Duke. Yeah, so, so, so he did that. Now, <clears throat> certainly... We have to be careful with whether we should be waiting like that. You yeah, know. you don't want to. You don't want to play around with that kind of. Well, thing. it can be kind of scary to do it that way. I totally agree. But there's like this image in the Book of Revelation that I wanted to read. That's really cool. And the Book of Revelation is is neat. Um, in and this is like the towards the end, in the twenty first chapter, like right at the end of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, John has this vision of the the holy city the new jerusalem it's the it's the sort of perfected resurrected church at the end of time right he he sees an image of this church and what it describes is kind of cool um he says it had a massive high wall with 12 gates where 12 angels were stationed and on which names were inscribed the names of the 12 tribes of the israelites there were three gates facing east three north three south and three west and you go like well it's an interesting image, and what what could John have meant? And I don't know that we know for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of conjecture, a lot of discussion about that. But I certainly think that anytime we, like in our liturgies, when we talk about east and west, we're talking about the beginning of time. The sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and so right. we look at east and west as a sort of telling of time. And if mm-hmm. this if this church has these gates to enter it on the east and the west, also the north and the south, you can maybe derive from that that like. The people who enter on the east enter early in life, yeah. right? The people who enter on the west entered later in life. Mm-hmm. They're still in the church, and maybe the north and the south. I don't know. Maybe they're um, maybe midday, well midday, midday folks. folks that came in, and yeah. we see a connection really to this gospel in the uh, the twentieth chapter of Matthew there you go. that that helps us to see that I think it was always envisaged by God as he as he gave us this this gift of the church that there would be those that would be you know early risers right. and those would be late comers yep. uh, and so it's like all of them get the same heavenly reward and that's I think the key uh, and again I'll reiterate you know should we wait 
The answer is no. No. I mean, it, it, we, we, if we know the truth, we, we shouldn't wait because then we start getting into other problems. Right. Um, in fact, it's one of the biggest problems ever. In fact, it's probably the worst problem ever you could ever imagine. You know what that is? You're going to make us wait, aren't you? Yeah, we have to take a break. I knew that was coming. Yeah, and I was building it up too big. You can big. see that coming a mile away. Before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we got that newly designed website, thecatholiccafe.com. Go and look at our pretty luxurious corner booth. Uh, but also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. We just read uh, Maria's email last week. It was great. I'd love to read yours on air and talk about it. Uh, the, it's called Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winforth's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the God of St. Boniface, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true God. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. 
sitting here in the luxurious corner booth of said Catholic cafe. Yes, sir. With Tom Doring, and yes, we sir. we are talking about John Wayne. Yeah, John Wayne, uh, deathbed conversion. We're talking about Matthew chapter twenty, the workers in the vineyard. Some people get hired on early in the morning. Some people get hired on late in the afternoon. Right. John Wayne got hired on late in the afternoon. He did, and got the same pay. He did. Well, I'm hoping he's in heaven. I guess I haven't had any intercessory. You know, oh, he's miracles Duke, he or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't know if we can pronounce that or not. We can believe that. We can want that. Yes. We can desire that. We can say a couple of prayers for the Duke. In fact, yeah. we should. Amen. We should. Yeah, we should say a prayer for the Duke. Um, but this idea of waiting, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of important that we realize that we shouldn't, because there's that guy You're playing with fire, right? Who knows? It's like, look, I know this is right, but I'm just like loving this. I'm loving this life. I'm loving this. Uh, whatever the lust, the power, the money. The, oh, that's the St. Augustine line. Yeah. Uh, give me chastity, but, yeah, but not, not yet. now. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. You know, and, and there's there's a problem there because you are, you're right, you're playing with fire. Yeah, don't do that. And I think some people just take for granted mm-hmm. the Lord's forgiveness. And, and I think, like, I'm less forgiving if, like, my kid breaks something and says, well, Dad, I knew you'd be okay with it. Right. It's like, well, wait, why don't you just let me be okay with it? on my own without you telling me I'm okay yeah. with it. That's, don't, don't presume. Right. That could be problematic. I mean, in fact, there's a, there's a wonderful um, little scripture uh, where Jesus says this in the seventh chapter of Matthew. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty deeds in your name? Did we not go to church every Sunday? Did we not put money in the collection plate? Did we not uh, avoid cheeseburgers on the Fridays of Lent? Hmm. That doesn't say that, by the way. I added those. (laughs) Then I will declare to them solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. Right. Right? So this idea that we know the Lord because we do some things and we're kind of in the club or we think we're in the club and we're living life. But we're really waiting to make that that full on commitment and yeah. and realize that we we need to be genuine, real, you know, God abiding Christians. Right. Well, you know, we when we know the truth, we need to live it. Otherwise, it, right? it's 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 more blasphemous, right? That's it's, right. We're you know, and you mentioned the word uh, presumption, right? And actually, the, the the church teaches there's a sin of presumption. Oh, I know. You cannot presume on God's forgiveness, right? No, well, no. You can count on it, yeah, but you can't presume upon it. So that would mean that you're going There's out and doing this stuff. There. Yeah, because if I go out and say, "Hey, I can murder that guy," because I know God's going to forgive yeah, he's me, gonna, he's going to let it go. Well, God forgives you when you're penitent, right? Right. If you're not penitent, you're not asking for forgiveness. Well, He's going to respect that. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you deny Him, He'll deny you. So these are these are important things. Now, so that's really like the I think the the gist of what people end up preaching about and talking about when they hear that. But it's always interesting, these parables, mm-hmm. that Jesus, when he tells these things, always adds in a little, little section that makes the rest of us uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. we all can point, you know, at the, at, at the point and go like, oh, yeah, he, he's the good guy or he's the bad guy or this is the right answer. But then there's always that, like, he adds in a part to the parable that seems to, like, doesn't really... It doesn't play into the early or late arrival into the field. No, it's almost like he's pointing right back at you. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the they're pointing. Remember the grumbling son, you know, at the prodigal son yeah, story. Same thing, right? He tells that story about the That's prodigal right. son. Isn't that beautiful? The son's come back. Right. I hate this. You know, yeah. and who's like this? The, the, his brothers are like going, 
dude, you know, why is or his brother? It's like never why? even given me a goat. Yeah. <laughs> so so Gave this him is the fatted calf. Th- this is what we end up having having with with those and and you you know you knew that was coming. Yeah. When when he says okay. Let's let's summon all the workers, but I want to pay the ones that came in last first. It was a setup. Uh, you know, it's like okay, I'm watching what's going on here because I have a feeling we're going to learn a lesson, mm-hmm. right? And so, obviously, he does that. And then when those men grumble because, well, wait a second, they 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 did less work. Yeah, I did more. I and the get landowner, more. well, the landowner owner saying, well, you know, you you did what you agreed to, right? Yeah. I didn't cheat you. We signed a little contract. We talked about you'd get 50 bucks if you did this the whole day. Mm-hmm. Here's your 50 bucks. Well, but we should get more because they got 50 bucks too. That's the problem. Right. And it's a hard problem because it is. it's so real and it's in our world today. Really I, I do it. We all do it. Oh, yeah. We compare ourselves to the other always. It's never like, can you be satisfied with like the two helpings of mashed potatoes you got in your plate? Right. But if he has three or if he has a bigger piece of cake, you got to have a big piece of cake too. Right. Are you not happy with what's in front of you? I'm telling you, it's hard. It is very difficult. Like very if you, human. If you were hired as, you know, a president of some company or, or you know, you, you would look at, like, what is a commensurate wage for the work I'm doing? What, what is the average? What's being paid? And I want to I want to bump it just a little bit, 5%. Right. And you're always comparing yourself to others. Right. And I'm not saying we don't have reason to do some of these things, but inherently what ends up happening is that you start to get a, a feeling of superiority. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm better. Right. So the guy that came in first, hey, we knew this, we saw this coming, whatever. We are uh, we're grandfathered in. We're the, the we're the elders now, right. and so you should respect us because we got here first. Yeah, right. And so it's it's important to understand that we can work our way into uh, unhappiness. Right. By worrying about others. That's right. Right. Just because you think that you worked harder, it doesn't entitle you to do more. Right. And and I I think it's great if the if the uh, owner had said you know what I'm going to pay everybody fifty bucks but I'll tell you what you guys that got here in the morning you know I want to thank you and the way I'm going to thank you is I'm going to give you a you know a bottle of wine to take home to your wife right. just as an extra thank you for for catching on early yeah and even then they might have grumbled it's like well just a bottle of wine <laughs> you know we're working we did all the work right have you did ever with your brothers growing up see who rake the biggest pile of leaves and oh yeah the kids are always comparing and so if yours was bigger than the other ones you're like going i should get more that's right you know and so the helpings at the the dinner and the problem with that is again we're not so worried about a just reward as as we we compare ourselves to others to determine our just reward right so it's not what we've agreed to or what god wants us to have or or what we actually deserve in his eyes and it's not for the spirit of what we do, Mm-mm. right? It becomes the reward. It becomes the work. It becomes the money, rather. Right. The pay. What is the pay? And that right. will determine whether or not I do that. Right. And and that's and that's the problem. And that's you know the, you know we get into prenuptial agreements and we get into all these uh, contract negotiations and we get into things that are we spend more time preparing for the eventual breakup or preparing for the work to be done that we don't actually do the work. Mm-hmm. And we have lawyers. We get lawyered up. And, and, and it really can lead to some, some unhappiness in the world. And I think, uh, unfortunately, what I think what Jesus is pointing at here is just that, that jealousy. Right. Right? We, we aren't happy with what we agreed to. Why? Because he got more. 
Right. I'm jealous of him. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, the landowner, as Jesus quotes, says, you know, you know, he he tells them what. Hey, can I not do with my money as I please? Right. Did did you not agree to this? And he's right. And and legally they don't have a stand, but I guarantee nope. they went home that night and they complained. Yeah. And they said to their wife, and she goes, "Oh, look, you got the fifty bucks. Great, we can now buy groceries." And he's like, "Yeah, but it should have been more." Yeah. And then you live the whole rest of your life just thinking about who messed you over and who didn't allow you to get ahead. And we start looking at all the problems and the things that are holding us down because somebody else got more. Right. Man, that's hard. And that's why it ends with, thus the last will be first and the first will be last. We have to remember that if we think we're first. You're going to be last. Yeah. And we don't deserve more because we got there earlier. We should be rejoicing and happy that someone else got there at all. That's right. That the Duke finally made it. We're happy that the Duke got there. Yeah. Right? We're going to have good quality movies in heaven now because of that (laughs) alone. No, we should be be pleased there. And see, I think sometimes, like even some of our good parishioners, Mm -hmm. right, the good Catholics, you know, in church, those long time they've been here, they were founding members of the work, maybe they get a special pew at the front. And it is nice. If someone offers some kind of a, a congratulatory dinner, a pat on the back, and, and we just honor you as an elder, we honor you that you've been here, that you recognize, the, and you helped build this church into what it is today. But when that elder or that older person suddenly uh, makes you think that you should kiss their ring right. and bow down before them, and uh, that's my pew. That's a little problematic. I, it, it, be, it it can become, you know, problematic. It's 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 one thing to be afforded respect, but it's a total different thing to expect it or demand it. Exactly. And that's what Jesus is telling us. We can fall into that jealousy. We can fall into that so easily, right? Now you can also look at this gospel and see the other side of this, and just realize that God is compassionate. That he would go out in the late afternoon and get anybody that wants to come. Yeah. No matter where they are, he's going to get them. And then also that God is generous. That's right. Right? Those are good positive things we can look at. Amen. But Jesus wants us to see the complexity of our reactions to things, but then also are we seeking him? Amen. It's not too late if you're out there thinking like he can't love me. He, He does love you. Absolutely. And he is compassionate. He welcomes you, wants you now. That's now right. is the time, right? That's right. And when someone else recognizes that someone came in later than them, you don't get more. No, we we all get the same. Let's celebrate Amen. and realize just what a great God we have, that he loves us so much, is so generous, and gives us this opportunity. Amen. Amen. So let's ask our Blessed Mother, uh, as we always like to close, uh, with a Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.